Hey guys, it's Mom Taraj, the podcast about being a mom that thinks that most mom stuff is super boring. So we created our own posse. I'm Ashley. And I'm Carrie. And we are ready to walk you down the red carpet of motherhood. Hello, everyone. Hi Welcome guys. to Masterpiece Theater. Just kidding. It's oh Montage Podcast. Can you imagine? What a world. Oh, boy, guys. P.S. though, I should mention, somehow Sebastian has learned the word masterpiece like three weeks ago. I thought you were going to go to it with a different master word. Master, masturbate. Um, masterpiece. And he will say that things are masterpieces all the time. He'll say, like, Mmm, I love this ham. It's a masterpiece. And I'm like, all right, that's cool. Whatever, kid. It is a masterpiece. You're right. (laughs) That's amazing. (laughs) Anyway. We've got a great show for you. A good friend of mine, an amazing veterinarian, Dr. Lisa Lippman. One of the most recognizable vets on social media, and she's a vet to the stars. So we talked to her about all things kids and pets, and I just love talking about animals. It makes me happy. Me too. I just like animals in general. And we're also discussing an article from, where is it from, Ash? Scholastic. Oh. Believe it or not. Scholastic about why it's good for kids to have animals. Does that mean it's a peer-reviewed journal? I think so. I think it is. You know what I miss? Scholastic Book Fair. Oh, I miss it so bad. So I live across the street from a school, and last year, when obviously school was in session, they had the Scholastic Book Fair truck out front. I was like, oh, do you think they'll let me go? Like, I just want to go and walk around and look for books. I was like, I need, I'll take two Babysitter's Club and one Christopher Pike, please. Christopher Pike was like kid porn. It was like horror kid porn. What was Christopher? Oh, he's the... um, It was like horror, but it also was like, she was wearing a bralette, and his hand went up her shoulder. Oh my God, I don't know what that is at all. When all of a sudden a murderer came from behind her. Are you sure you were, that's like for kids? Yeah, Christopher Pike. Yeah, it's dirty. Huh. It's like V.C. Andrews, but horror. Wow, I don't know who that is either. Yeah, Christopher Pike. Sorry for that sideline Scholastic Book Fair moment. But as always, we have hashtag swag bag. But up next, the the tits and and the shits. Why don't you start it off? Oh, I don't know what to share and what not to share. Story of my life. I mean, you tend to share everything, so. I know. So, okay, first we'll start with this really sad stuff, and then we'll, I'll, I'll move it along to some funnier stuff, but. Um, Guess what? Someone else died. I'm sorry. It had to fucking be said like yeah. that. Because this is just, it's just like nonstop at this point. I'm so I'm not making fun no, of I your know. feelings no, or I your know. situation. Uh, one of my very close friends uh, who had, right before I had Luna, had been diagnosed with a brain tumor. Um, she held on for two years and she passed yesterday. It's just not fair. No, it's, it's not. not fair. She has, she's so sad. She's my age. She's got two kids. One of them's only three. We couldn't see her because of COVID. Um, it's just, I'm just real depressed. The kind of depressed where you just feel like you're a mound of clay, but nothing's moving you kind of feeling. Yeah. It's just, it's just so sad. They're really, I'm, I'm not mad. It's just... It's just real, real, real sad. Yeah, I know. I just like, you and I, man, and, and it's not just you and I. Everyone is going through this. It's just this year, man, it, it is nonstop. 
It is nonstop. And I think for you and I, I can't speak for other people, but (laughs) I have to laugh because I just don't know how else to react at this point. It is just like... It's like Clue the movie. (laughs) Who's going to be dead in the the kitchen next? I mean, and with what weapon? It's alternating. It's like one week I have some horrible ordeal I'm going through the next week you have a horrible ordeal like one week one of us can't get off the couch and the other one's picking up the other one's slack and then the next week it's the the other way around again all I have to say is thank god it's not happening at the same time oh my god thank god but like when does it end when does it end and I have to tell you you know I've gotten into arguments with people because they have said that I, I've become really political and it's really turned them off and all these other things. And all I have to say is all of these things we're going through just make me more angry about those other things. Yeah, Because uh, it's, it's all tied together. I mean, it's not, but it is at the same time. So I'm sorry that you're going through it. I'm sorry for your friend and her family. It is terrible. It is terrible. And then the other stuff, I mean, I think I only have shits this week, so just deal with me. But Luna, the other day, you know, kids are obsessed with boo-boos. I was walking up the stairs and she was behind me and she was like, mommy has boo-boo. Mommy has boo-boo. Points to my feet. It's just my feet are fucking COVID haggard. She thought I had a boo-boo and it was just like my fucking scaly ass (laughs) dinosaur feet. And, you know, I used to be a foot model. You guys, I was actually a paid foot model for like 15 years. I had very pretty feet and it just, it's not a boo-boo, Luna. Uh, my feet are fucking dinosaur and crusty because I'm old, I'm tired, I walk in bare feet a lot, and I can't get a pedicure because COVID. So that's that. And then probably a more complicated conversation, which maybe I should wait for the live show. So I might cut this if you think this is better live show material. Is that, so my ex, I have this one ex where we had a really, we were, it was, it was probably a very codependent relationship. It was like we were addicted to each other and we had a really messy bad breakup. I had gotten pregnant and lost the baby and he didn't want me to have the baby and I was going to have the baby and I lost it. And he started dating someone right away. And one time, this was after we had broken up and after I was still mourning the death of the, you know, the fetus that we had had together. She called me and I remember I was day drinking. Who did? Who's she? His new girlfriend. His new girlfriend. This girl. Okay. Her name was Jenea. And this, I mean, this is many, 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 many years ago. And I was day drinking because I was still in the like extra depressed part of breaking up and losing a child and I was day drinking with my friend Rini and it was like three o'clock on a Sunday you know as one does in their early 30s with no responsibilities and I get a call from him and I kind of get excited because I miss him and I answer the phone and it's her calling from his phone and it was a horrible conversation which involved her saying that she was glad that my baby died put him on the phone to say the same thing I said is she making you say this or are you do you feel this way like why are you having your new girlfriend call me it was just like one of the most upsetting conversations I've ever been a part of right it just really mean yeah like really mean in a way it was a gift at the time because I was not over him and that happening made me really over him because I was like how could you do this to someone you cared about and you're both pieces of trash right so Facebook I got a Facebook invite from her to like her business Wait, why are you Facebook friends with her in any I'm not, way? I'm not Facebook friends Wait, with so her. Wait, so she actively sought you out yep. to invite you. What's her Facebook business? She is... Other uh, than an, a certified cunt. Well, this is what I'm going to tell you. She is a, like, self-help... Ah! <laughs> are you for real? I'm totally ah! serious. <laughs> That bitch is crazy. She's like a fix your life, make videos. 
<laughs> like <Yo>, multi. <laughs> you need level. to write her an email. Just be like, bitch, you are crazy. Well, this, is easy. this, <laughs> this is my dilemma. <laughs> I haven't done it yet. I wanted to discuss it on the show and maybe have it a call to action. I wish you could see me right now. My face is so red and hot with like anger and embarrassment right now. <laughs> You've never seen me so hot with embarrassment uh-huh. and anger. So she had the audacity to send me a personal invite to her like multimedia level marketing, whatever, MML. It's called Elevate with Jenea. First of all, what kind of fucking name is Jenea? That's the first oh thing. Elevate with Jenea. And I was like, okay, all right, let's see what this is about. And I went on and it's her being like, you can be your best you. Kindness is the best option. And I really honestly want to personal message her and be like, hey, maybe you don't know who I am. I think you do. But I am the person that, I don't know if you remember, but you called me at my lowest point and said that you were glad that my unborn child had died and that I was a horrible person. No, no, no. Okay, don't do all I this. find it extra ironic that you are now self-help. What I wanted to say and not be mean was, I was not my best person then either. And being a person in wellness now, I hope that you are in this career because of a transformation that you made. But I just want to let you know that was a really impactful moment in my life. I mean, is it going to do something for you? Is it going to make you feel better to do that? I don't know. I just feel like... Because if you're just trying to give her the business, then just give her the business. Like, don't give it to her nicely. Just say, bitch, you're crazy. I know who you are. You know who I am. To go out of your way, this far after things, best of luck in all your future endeavors. Forget my fucking name. Listen, I'm not in charge of people's, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Transformations. Mm -hmm. That's not my job. But I do remember a moment, and I think I talked about this on Scary Mommy, after I had like done a lot of work on myself, and and I've always been a good person, but good people do bad shit too. And I had done some things that I'm not too proud of. And somebody kind of called me on it. And this was after I had done the work on myself. And I was able to look at them and be like, you're right. I did do those things. I'm not proud of it. But that does not reflect on who I am today. It doesn't. And I'm sorry if you're using something I did in the past to judge me now. I understand. But I hear you. And I don't disagree with you. And it was like a very big moment where I felt like I'd really transformed because I wasn't defensive. I was able to like stand in my choices that I made and the repercussions of it. It was a really important moment for me. I'm still very proud of that moment that I was able to like not just say, yes, you're right. I did that. You know, well, that's all well and good. And that's very nice. But if she's going out of her way to send this invite to somebody who's not even her friend on Facebook, I don't think that's why she's doing it. I was like, listen, Janae, you elevated my man's penis evidently from the pictures that I saw. Right. However, I'm not really interested in anything you have to say. It would, I mean, it would be great if that's what it's for. And like, like you said, we're all human. We've, I've done, I think about all the time that I've done fucked up things in my life and I'm sure I've hurt people and you know I I don't think there are little things that happen in eighth grade sometimes that I think back on and I'm like man I wish I hadn't hadn't done that and that you know I I hope they never really impacted anyone even though they were minor and, and tiny but I certainly wouldn't just like send them a Facebook invite out of my way and be like look at me being a life coach I would reach out to them it's sort of the tits because you said the worst thing to me and now you're like a motivational speaker like, I can't with this. It's just, it's delusional. It's so 2020. Yeah. Anyway, that's my shits. Basically, only shits. Oh, well, there you go. How about you, Ash? Uh, well, Thanksgiving was nice. Small. Fine. 
<laughs> we put up our Christmas tree. We, uh, you know, every year we get a fake, we have a fake Christmas tree that we put up. And this year, Matt loves a real Christmas tree, like loves one. But I'm always like, why are we going to spend 60 or $70 on a tree, if not more? You know, if you live in Manhattan, it's definitely like 200 bucks. Why are, you know, cut something down, kill it just to like have it in our house and throw it on the, the sidewalk in January. Like, I, I don't know. But after this year, man, we just wanted a real fucking tree. We wanted something that was going to make our house feel and smell like magic. And so we went to Home Depot. We bought a tree. Sebastian called it a masterpiece. <laughs> of course he would. <laughs> we decorated it yesterday. And it's just, it feels good. It feels like, you know, my home just feels like an escape from all the scariness and that is first your bedroom now your living room I know. what's we're, next Ashley we're just and we're continuously working on stuff you know like we're Matt's mom we were talking about you know we're actually finally working on our bedroom and she was like oh well, look these sun blocking curtains are on sale at Kohl's I'll buy them for you and we were like oh all right cool thanks so we have curtains coming my mom came into our room because I was showing her everything she sat on the bed and she was like oh this bed is comfy and I was like really we need a new mattress and she's like fine that's your Christmas gift like all of a sudden we're just trying to take care of ourselves a little bit and people are like yeah that's great let's support you in that which is really nice too and it you know we're just doing the best we can and just trying to stay safe I guess I don't know I don't have any shits I've said this a zillion times like 2020 definitely has (laughs) a shit ton of downfalls um I'll be cool when this year is dead and gone but there have been nice things to come out of it and I'm trying to use today's tits and shits to just um celebrate the (laughs) the little happiness I guess you know god bless you Ashley I do my best Carrie (laughs) also I realize I don't drink any water instead I just drink tequila so (laughs) try to change that there you go all right should we move on to our first guest who definitely is just the tits let's do it Our next guest is a friend of mine and a amazing veterinarian. Dr. Lisa Lippman, DVM, is one of the most followed and socially influential veterinarians in the United States. She is nationally respected by media outlets such as Dr. Oz, Inside Edition, and People Magazine as a go-to source for expertise in pet health and safety. And when she's not making house calls to treat some of the most influential pets in the world, she sits on the board of Animal Lighthouse Rescue, whose mission is to help the homeless dogs of Puerto Rico. Dr. Lisa is also the co-host of a hugely popular podcast, We Don't Deserve Dogs, with her partner, comedian, and my high school friend, Richie Redding. And she still finds time to devote to her own dog, the incomparable Rhodesian Ridgeback Chloe, who is the most adorable. (laughs) Thank you so much. First of all, I love reading your bio because it makes me happy because it's all things dogs and Richie Redding, which are two of my favorite things. Thanks for being on the show. Thanks for having me. I love all those things, too. I love Richie today, you know? (laughs) It's touch and go. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, we just take it day by day, you know? Okay, so I feel like this is something that a lot of people can relate to, which is I had wanted to become a vet as a kid. As like, I assume 80% of the (laughs) child population wants to become a vet. I really looked into it, and I don't know if you know this, Lisa, it is very difficult (laughs) to become a vet. There are not that many veterinarian schools. You have to be like real, real, (laughs) real smart. 
So please tell us about your road to become kind of a superstar animal, (laughs) smart lady, veterinarian. Oh my God. I think you just have to be crazy enough to want something bad enough. Um, You know, it's what I've wanted to do my whole entire life. And uh, nobody was really going to tell me otherwise, although people tried to. And it was actually, I took a pretty non-traditional path. So I um, I was a terrible high school student. I should start there. Oh, there's hope for everyone. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, terrible. I was really more interested and like, you know, drinking. But I'd always wanted to do veterinary medicine. Everyone was like, you you can't do it, you know? And then um, I got to Syracuse and I made, my major was actually public relation with a concentration in biology. And I thought, well, maybe I'll do like pharmaceutical or biotech PR, um, you know, but also have some prereqs just in case. Um, and then I like, I loved my biology professor. I just like super excelled and did amazing because in high school, I was so frustrated. I wasn't doing what I wanted to do. And then I got to college and I just like, flu. Um, and I was doing what I wanted to do, which made all the difference. I actually finished college and went right back. I got into uh, University of Pennsylvania's pre-medical program. So I did a post-bac pre-med right after that and then worked and applied to vet school and went to vet school in California because I figured everyone's got to live in California once in their life. And then I did a super intense 100-hour work week internship for a year and then emergency medicine for a few years. Wait, wait, wait. wait. 100 hours uh-huh. in one week? I mean, it was pretty much like 100 hours a week in internship. I mean, that's pretty much what internship is. Like you're a baby doctor, but you've got, you know, other attendings and doctors who oversee what you do. Damn. It's so good to hear that you might not be the best student in the beginning, but that doesn't mean that you're hopeless. There's still a chance for us, Carrie. All those years (laughs) of being bad students, we can turn it all around now. I had so many like science career goals, like marine biologist, astronaut, and they all came to a crashing halt when I realized there were things I was just like terribly afraid of in those fields. Like I didn't want to deal with sharks because I'm scared (laughs) of them. And getting lost in space is like one of my greatest fears, which is ridiculous, I realize, but still rational in my mind. Anyway, so have you always had pets? And how long have you had the beautiful Chloe who I was (laughs) stalking you today and saw a great photo of her? She's very photogenic. I was just going to say, I don't know who's more photogenic, you or Chloe. I love you. Um, And we're very proud of her. We always like to say we're very proud. Um, What's funny, actually, too, is that I really didn't grow up with pets. My parents traveled a lot and just like really didn't want the responsibility. In every photo I ever drew of myself as a kid, I would always draw myself with the dog, even though I didn't have one. And so my mom said she finally felt so bad for me when I was 10. They got me a dog. So I finally got a dog. Um, Before that, I I would bring home like the the mice and the frogs and like everything little from the pet store that I could. Um, So I finally got this dog at 10. And then, of course, she died really young. Unfortunately, that was sad. She died at like four. Sad story. And then I got a cat in college who I just found off the street and then got um, had a ridge back in vet school. And then kind of Chloe is kind of my quasi rescue, I call her. And that's sort of my sort of my pet story. So I haven't had a ton. I need more. I need, you know, I need that ranch with all the pets. It's so interesting because you basically vision board yourself a dog as a child. <laughs> you basically like make your own vision board. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, I did. And just guilted them. You know, the You are dating my good old friend, Richie Redding. So firstly, I'm sorry. And secondly, <laughs> how did you guys meet and how did you guys decide to start a podcast? Um, he likes to say that he swiped right on Chloe on Tinder. Um, it, was, it, was all, it was my internship. And I think I canceled on him like 10 times because of those 100 hour work weeks. And you'd be like, okay, I have to cancel the mariachi band now. Um, it was the good old Tinder machine, which is pretty crazy. I loved Tinder. I loved dating in the city. It was so much 
much fun. It was like how I got to know the city. Anyway, that's not what you asked me. I met Lee, my partner, on OkCupid. So same, same. And that was, I guess, that was like six years ago. I don't know. I'm the worst. I don't keep track of her. And I really don't. I think it was like around six years ago. <laughs> you guys have a compatible schedule in that your schedules are crazy, sort of, because Richie, well, before COVID, of course, was gigging out all over the place. And you probably keep strange hours. So it's kind of a good matchup that way. Right. It is. It is. And especially now, I, I try to make my own hours. And we're both, you know, obviously working mostly from home now. And um, when I was working emergency, I was really working mostly overnight. So uh, I would bring Chloe with me to the hospital and he would, you know, go out and then I would wake up in the morning like a crazy person. Um, and yeah, we'd have the days. So how did you guys decide to start the podcast and have comedy and um, pets come together as they always should? Oh, yeah. Uh, well, mostly because his comedian friends would call me and go, uh, I had six medical marijuana gummy bears and now I have three. And if my dog weighs eight pounds, uh, what do I do? And so I we keep getting phone calls. And so he was finally just like, let's turn this into a podcast. Entertainers with pets talking to vets. So it's kind of, we're kind of like Dr. Drew meets, I don't know, something better. And people come on and get real advice and funny advice and it's entertaining and informative. So yeah, we have a really good time with it. Well, if that's the case, thank God you're not a pediatrician. (laughs) (laughs) My good friend, Heather D, moved to California a little while ago and medical marijuana became legal there first, one of the first places. Mm -hmm. And and I had a good friend go out and visit her, and she has two very small rescue chihuahuas who are uh, particular about food because they're rescues, so they basically will eat anything. A good friend went to go visit her and left her pot out, and this poor chihuahua oh. ate most of it and looked like she took her to the vet, but the vet was just like, "You just have to." She just has to ride it out at this point. She just has to ride it out. And we just sat there. I was living there at the time too. We just sat there and watched this poor chihuahua have a whole internal oh. dialogue with herself. She basically <laughs> had like an existential crisis. We had to put a hoodie over her. She was just like, uh, it was just the saddest thing I'd ever seen because she was experiencing all these feelings, but she couldn't express them outwardly. It was the saddest thing I'd ever seen. (laughs) Oh, poor little baby. One of the most common things that we'll see with pets, I I don't think we see in people with pot toxicity, like one of the like quintessential signs is they'll just pee themselves. They'll just like pee. They'll just be standing up and like you just look at them and they just pee. Oh, I had a friend do that one time very high. Yeah, I was going to say, I've known plenty of people who do that. So what do you find is the most common concern regarding pets during the holiday season? And I guess, you know, we can make it even more specific and say this holiday season, if you find that, you know, COVID or anything has really played a part in that, I leave that to your judgment. Yeah. Well, it's kind of two separate questions almost. One is I'm definitely getting a lot of questions around like pets and COVID. Can pets get COVID? You know, can you pass it to them? Can they pass it to you? Things like that. And I can answer that or I can just leave you hanging and say, go to my Instagram because I did like a whole highlight on it. I would totally leave you hanging. But if you want more in depth, I mean, there's a ton of questions. But the basic answer is, I mean, there are a very few case reports of dogs who have and cats who have contracted COVID. There have been no case reports of dogs transmitting it to humans. They've all contracted it from their humans. You know, but I always say absence of evidence is not evidence of absence, meaning just because it's not documented doesn't mean it can't or won't happen. I still think it's, you know, right now it's it's highly unlikely, but we still have to kind of act as if. And none of the cases in dogs have been really severe. There have been a bunch of cases in mink. I don't know if you've seen like all the articles about the mink farm shutting down. That makes 
me really yeah, sad. Yeah, it's super sad, super sad. And I talk about this too. And I mean, the thing that's just so sad about it, obviously, is because mink farming is purely for vanity, right? Like there's yep. no benefit to it whatsoever. And now we have to kill a whole bunch of mink and they get really sick from it. So there is some transmission, right? It's something that we definitely have to keep a really close eye on. But again, the reports in dogs have been far and few between. And the most important thing is that there's not really been any documented transmission of a dog giving it or a cat giving it to a human. As far as like other holiday dangers go, for sure around this time of year, dogs getting into eating things that they shouldn't and getting pancreatitis from really high like fatty foods or swallowing like tinsel or string or... I had a lab that ate a glass ball Oh my God. So what happened? We had to go to the doctor. She passed it, but they they gave her something to drink or something that helped her pass it and they had to worry about bleeding. Yeah. She ended up not internally bleeding. She just like kind of cut up her mouth a little bit, but then she was fine. Yeah, that's, yeah, lucky. I mean, usually with glass, I mean, yeah, there's not a whole lot you can do. Once you swallow glass, you swallow glass. You can't make them vomit it up, obviously. Yeah. Because it's so caustic to bring up. Um, Yeah. You just have to, some people say like feed them like some like bread or something high fiber. Yeah, they gave them like something to drink her. She, Maybe barium. Barium yeah. can kind of coat the stomach too or. She had um, eaten so much shit. She, the very yeah. first time we got her home from us, she was a rescue. She ate through the sheetrock of the wall and I, we <laughs> we locked the door to like the bathroom. And when we came home, she was in the kitchen and we were like, wait a second. Yeah. And the door was closed. She ate her way through the sheetrock. Oh my God, such a loud. I was like, oh, so she ate a lot of things, but that was just one. Anyway, go ahead. That's it. That's the quintessential stuff, I think, around the holidays. Of course, there's always like weather dangers as well, right? So like winter weather, you know, dogs can get frostbite. One of the other common questions I get is dog sweaters, like function or fashion. Um, And I say both, but but it really is functional. Like if you're cold, they're cold for sure. My dog's really short coated. And so if we go outside for like a second and she doesn't like it, she will shiver her little tootsies off. So. Yeah, same thing with my dog. He, oh, and I guess your dog too, Ash, because they're little, yeah. my dog's balding and he doesn't have much hair and so he definitely needs a coat. I have a half Pomeranian, half Chihuahua, so she's just little and she like, basically as soon as we got her I was like, well, Chihuahuas shake a lot, guess I gotta buy her clothes and was very excited <laughs> about it. Yeah, that's like yeah. half the fun for sure. Dr. Lisa, I'm gonna go <laughs> with that. So what do you think is a great first pet for a child and what age do you think it's a good idea? Like, uh, my son is three, I think he's too young but he started, he loves the dog. He's like pretty good with her, but I feel like he's starting to have an interest in like birds, which I love birds. My husband doesn't. He thinks birds are for weird people. (laughs) It's very Cuban of her to want a bird. I mean, you know, I don't know. I just, I grew up with birds. I think they're great. He saw a lizard yesterday he liked. He's seen hamsters, but I feel like at some point it's probably a good idea for him to have like a little pet of his own. Am I off? Am I wrong? Tell me. No, I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm definitely an advocate for it. I think it teaches... Hopefully it helps teach them. I mean, as long as parents know that, like, you can't rely on a kid, you know, even as much as I wanted a dog, right? Like, I wasn't really going to take care of of her at 10 years old. I just didn't get it. So as long as, like... The finances alone. Yeah, right. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. So pet insurance would be my major, major recommendation. Me too. Me too. Me too. Um, Yeah. Can't recommend it enough. Yeah, no, I mean, obviously, like, I think it teaches kids not to be sociopaths. Um, So Which is always a plus. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Actually, my first pet was a guinea pig. I loved my guinea pig. I really think they're great first pets. They're pretty hardy. They are pretty easy to take care of. They're so cute. I like the idea of a bird. I mean, if you want to talk about commitment, though, I mean, it depends what kind of bird you're going to get, right? I'm talking like parakeet type bird. 
or sun yeah. condor okay. type. Pillow. Okay. Yeah. yeah. But don't you have so, to be really well, careful sun- about your air because my neighbor had a parakeet and somebody yeah. in the building cooked with a Teflon pan and the parakeet died. We literally were just talking about this on the podcast. Uh, we had on Austin Scott, who was Hamilton in Hamilton, and he talked about how he burned something. I forgot what it was, but basically he came back and he killed he killed his bird. <gasps> sad story, but he was a kid. I mean, he didn't know. And the thing is, like, birds are just basically built of air sacs and they're so, so sensitive to certain things. So you do have to be really careful. But I mean, you know, you, you learn about all that. You get the book for birds. You go, you get a good bird veterinarian. Um, I mean, birds are really smart. They, they're little dinosaurs, but they're also incredibly smart and they will like hang out with you and you teach them things. Like yeah. you have to mentally stimulate them though. Yeah. I loved parakeets as a little kid because mine would just like yeah. sit on my shoulder and hang out with yeah. me. Like she'd shit on my shoulder, but like who yeah. cares? Whatever. It. It's a little harmless thing. I remember we would have people over and this is probably not the best thing to tell a vet, but she would fly around and then like dive into people's drinks and yeah. take a little bath. And- <laughs> oh yeah, that sounds amazing. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds amazing. And by the way, also for you moms with dogs and stuff um, and babies, dogs and babies and stuff, there's there's an incredible account on Instagram that I love called Dog Meets Baby. Um, <laughs> she's a certified trainer who literally the entire account is dedicated to like how to keep your dog and your baby safe around each other. And it's, it's really an incredible, incredible account. So you segued me amazingly, Dr. Lisa. So as we discussed on your podcast, I had so much trouble at first. I have an update for you, but I have had so much trouble with my dog and Luna at first. What advice would you give to parents of animals bringing home a baby for the first time? And what about existing families bringing in a new pet? We had a whole podcast dedicated to this um, with uh, Taylor, the Daily Tay, if you want to look up all that stuff that we talked about. Well, let me give you my update while you're looking. When I was on the show with you, Beckett was still in the phase where he was kind of like nipping at Luna and she was pretty little. Mm -hmm. And you and some other, my other vet had also said, you know, it'll get a little bit better, of course, when their sizes match a little bit and when she becomes Mm -hmm. a little bit more steady on her feet. But I did Mm -hmm. go back to my vet, which we talked about. I went to see another vet at that practice because I was unhappy with that vet. And Mm -hmm. she took Beckett off his prednisone, which he'd been on, and put him on Prozac. And he has been the dog that he is meant to be. Let me just tell you, I did not realize how much PTSD he had from his dog attack. I think I, because it was just me and him, I I was just adjusting our life to meet his needs. But then once I had other people that I had to also adjust my life to, it became more apparent how he had changed as a dog since the dog attack. And I really feel like he's back to like, he's like a stoner dog. Like he's just like, he was always really chill and happy. And for so many years, I forgot that Mm -hmm. that's how he was because I was just adjusting based on his PTSD, not realizing it, you know? And now that he's on Prozac, he is just, it's like the dog he was before the attack and he and Luna hug each other and love each other it's like it makes my heart sing it's great that makes me so happy to hear that and yeah Prozac is amazing I have a lot of patients on Prozac it really is a fantastic drug so um, big fan of Prozac well so as far as bringing a baby into you know the pet situation like having a new baby there's one thing I will say is that it, it is a big myth that bringing a blanket home from the hospital helps like with preparation um, if it makes you feel good but certainly in, in COVID times it's really not necessary it's really no need to do it at all the basically the bottom line here is it's 
it's it's really hard to say because you know I'm, I'm not a trainer I'll derail all your training but um the gist to both of those scenarios is definitely taking it slow just going as slow as possible making sure everybody is safe you know having the dog on a leash when they first meet um, potentially doing it in like neutral territory and walking into the house together things like that so taking it slow but really if it's something you're concerned about with the temperament of your dog then and working with a trainer is going to be so important there and I just want to add to that again I'm not an expert yeah. but making sure that I spent private time alone with my dog who me and my dog are the ones that have the long-term relationship yeah. making sure that someone else held the baby a lot of the time so that I could give him the time that he needed privately that helped too because I feel like just like our spouses sometimes miss the one-on-one time that we used to have with them now that we have a baby our dogs and cats miss that too yeah, absolutely. Clementine was my first dog that like right off the bat we took her to be trained. And although she is certainly not perfect in any way, I think it's like it was a huge, huge help. And this was, yeah. you know, before we had a kid or anything. I still think she's like yeah. pretty great because of it. Friends of the pod out there, your lady, Carrie Sotero, would be at least $50,000 richer if she had pet insurance because yeah. I, did not ha- I did not have it. And now my dog has a pre-existing condition. That's one of my biggest regrets, though. Let me just tell you, yeah. I really, really wish that I had had pet insurance because that was my nest egg. Is there a pet insurance you recommend? Because I, when I was looking into it, it was like, it was only, you know, it didn't work the same way human insurance right yep so I really need to do like a post about this but pet insurance does not work the same way that human insurance works thank god um, for vets anyway because it would change the way maybe that we practice but I do think it's going to revolutionize the way that people can have pets and the way that we can practice medicine because they're starting to reimburse people like right away the nice thing about pet insurance is that because it also doesn't work like human insurance is that you can use it anywhere you can use it at any vet all you need is that vet to fill out a form so the way it works though is you do have to pay the vet up front and then you submit your claim, your invoice to the insurance company and they reimburse you. Um, mm. And depending on like what kind of plan you have, they'll reimburse you like 80 or 90% is very common. I have pet insurance for my own dog because everything is not free for me, which is just crazy. So like five years ago, she overdosed herself on doggy Advil and she was actually in the hospital for five days. And because it's a corporate hospital, um, they still charge me, but I had a 50% discount and my friends, they were like trying not to charge me for things. And uh, I still it was a $5,000 bill. So what I did was I actually applied for care credit, which was like a, a healthcare credit card you can pay off over six to 12 months with no interest. And then I got reimbursed at that time, years ago, it took like a month to get reimbursed from pet insurance. So then I got reimbursed from pet insurance, paid off the care credit with the pet insurance. Um, it's just it pays for itself. Most of the time, it's it's just the most amazing. So yes, yeah, so it doesn't work like human insurance as far as which insurance company. In full disclosure, I had a partnership with Wagmo that literally like just ended. You might still be able to use my code. I had a code. Wagmo actually had a wellness and insurance plan. So the wellness plan was is meant for gaps. So insurance mm. is really like accidents and illness. So that's where your big bills are going to come in when you have like lengthy hospital stays, surgeries, emergencies, things like that. Those are going to be the most expensive things. But Wagmo also has a wellness plan, which covers those gaps, which are things like, you know, but that you pay, you know, several hundred dollars for every year, blood work, exams, vaccines, dental procedures, you know, easily can run you like at that one to $2,000 when all is said and done. So they have a wellness plan. I have a code. It's Dr. Lisa, D-R-L-I-S-A 2020 for $20 off of uh, 
your first month of a wellness plan. I get paid regardless. I don't even know if the code still works. You can try it. But but I really do love Wagmo because they're also a women-founded and led company. And the founder is just incredible. And I love her. Other than that, though, I I do also like um, Embrace Healthy Paws to True Panion. Oh, I like True Panion. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I find them to be the most reliable with reimbursements. So those are the ones I'd go with. But really, honestly, any pet insurance is just just pet insurance. I can't say it enough. Do it. Is there anything that you think our listeners need to know? Anything you want to add before we ask you to just plug the heck out of yourself? Is there anything? Wait, have I not done a good job of plugging myself? At Dr. Lisa Lippman on Instagram, you can really find everything through there. My podcast, We Don't Deserve Dogs. I am doing some telehealth stuff. My website's on my Instagram at Dr. Lisa Lippman or DrLisaLippman.com or VetsInTheCity.com. That's my company's name. Um, So any of those places you can get a hold of me, we can schedule appointments and virtual care if you need advice or anything else like that. Anything that doesn't require you to go into a hospital, obviously. Or even if it does and you're in the city, I can micromanage almost anything. Yeah, so I'm here. Come find me and look at all my, I think, useful pet tips on my Instagram. They really are. (laughs) And plus, you're so adorable on all your posts. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day and taking time away from Chloe to meet with us. (laughs) No, no, she's right here. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you so much. This was so fun and educational at the same time, you know? Our next segment comes to us from Scholastic, and it's how kids can learn from pets. Now, my first pet, I think I had I had a bunch of goldfish that lasted literally like a million years. We had to buy a bigger tank, and by the time they died, they were as big as you could eat them. They were like wow. gigantic. We had like penny goldfish forever, but I also had hermit crabs. Oh, interesting. Because it's like what people get on the boardwalk in the Jersey Shore, and all those, my neighbors who were only summer people, their parents wouldn't let them bring the hermit crabs home to their winter Mm. house so they just dropped I was like basically rescue for hermit crabs (laughs) yeah I mean I've always always had pets I've had dogs since I was a little girl and I just I love I just love dogs I just think they're such great animals and and I've been through a few of them and you know it's interesting because I've made some observations about dogs as I've gotten older and that is everyone I know's dog is a very good reflection of them everybody yeah agreed like Zach my best friend who definitely has anger issues he has a cocker spaniel that definitely has anger issues (laughs) Bella (laughs) Bella my parents dog my dog my mom is a very nervous and anxious person or she used to be for many years she no longer really is that bad Bella is very nervous and anxious I eat my feelings Clementine is overweight uh (laughs) you know it just Beckett I feel like looks like you he's a pretty good representation of you he like will bite you if you fuck with him but mostly time he's just like cool cool Yes, (laughs) totally. I just feel like pets are just such wonderful representations of all of us. And it makes me feel sad for all the dogs I've had. I'm sorry. I know it makes me feel sad for mine also. But at the same time, I also feel like right now I have the best pets I've ever like I think about Bella's old but that is I call Bella my sister I know people think that's weird only child life so be prepared because listen I'm into it that's fine I'm into it Beckett's my son are you kidding yeah and Sebastian calls Bella Titi which is you know a way of saying aunt in Spanish and he that 
that's his aunt. That he doesn't have any aunts or uncles on my side. So that's his aunt. And you know, she's 13. She's spry as fuck. You'd never know she's 13. Just like but, Beckett. Yeah. I just feel like that dog is irreplaceable. She is so sweet and great and also so fucking weird. She is the weirdest dog and nothing will replace her. And the same thing with Clementine. Clementine is such a lovely little treat and no one, no dog will ever replace her. I don't know how I got to this point in my life, but man, I feel blessed. Hashtag blessed. So in this article, they talk about how kids naturally are attracted to animals because whether it's like Clifford the Big Red Dog or classroom pets or stories with animals, it's like, I never can say this word, but animals anthropomorphize. Anthropomorphize? Yeah, I can't say it. I have a hard time <laughs> saying that word always. They are anthropomorphized in uh, books <laughs> and literature. Wow, I really never can say that word. Animals teach children empathy. They learn a lot of their pretend play from animals. Even if you're not committed to getting an animal yourself in your home, taking kids to zoos, introducing them to other animals, it really teaches them some like deep lessons. Yeah. Lessons about life and death. I mean, having to explain, we just had, um, we had Dr. Susan Nicholas on about grief and her book, The Death of Cupcake, about the death of a pet, trying to explain life cycles to children. You know, this caterpillar becomes a butterfly, you know, bees, when they sting you only live another day that's their last day or whatever it is you know these hard to learn lessons um, are really well explained through animals and I've learned through Luna that she when I taught gentle to Beckett that then she became gentle with me yeah but she learned through Beckett she wouldn't do it with me first it didn't matter but with Beckett I was like no you have to be gentle with Beckett and now she is a gentle kid Um, some of the things that they bring up in this scholastic article is that research suggests that social emotional and cognitive development is enhanced when a child cares for a pet. Some studies have found that pet ownership can encourage language and communication skills because children tend to talk to their animals. They confide their feelings, they show affection, give commands, and sometimes even incorporate them into their pretend play scenarios. Oh, I love the idea of kids telling animals their secrets. I know. Last night, Clementine slept with Sebastian the longest she has. Like, she was with him from the time he went down until we went to bed. And then she came over, and Matt was all pissed. He felt betrayed by Clementine but um because that's his like you know his first girl Clementine's going for a younger man younger man he like Sebastian's finally getting to the point he like says that Clementine is his best friend oh I forgot to say this in the tits and the shits but you know we went around and we said what we're thankful for Sebastian said "Mm, for my mama and my dada and my cute little Clementine oh my god and I was just like okay so he's finally getting it and and you're right you can see that like he just has more of an understanding for things that are smaller than him more compassion more understanding I think dogs teach us so much dogs specifically but it happened with Luna today like Luna got up and Beckett was asleep because we had already had like a morning before Luna got up and Luna got up and she was like where's my Becky boy and then she walks over to him she goes good morning honey oh honey (laughs) good morning oh honey and she's like come here Beckett and like she really is like making sure that he's you know, when we when we read a story before nap, just a few, you know, an hour ago or whatever, she's like, Becky, come up. Like, where is he? She really is greeting him. And I've given her the chore, actually, only at two of feeding him. So she gets the scooper. She puts the scoop in his bowl. And like, I'm trying to 
kind of, you know, teacher responsibility and just that when we love something, how we show them we care is one of the things we feed them. We, you know, we're affectionate to them. We ask them how they're doing, you know? Yeah. So it says here's that some ways that animals can enrich your child's world, even if you don't have a pet. Um, you can visit a park, zoo, a farm, or a family friend that has animals, and you could let them see like what it takes to care for an animal. Teach respectful interaction with your animals. Encourage your child to think about things from the animal's perspective. Explain proper treatment. Like, you know, I, I do this all the time to kids that are not my kids, which people probably just love, which is when I see a kid chasing after a pigeon, I'm mm. always like, that's not very nice. The pigeons are scared. Do you like it when someone makes you scared? Yeah. It's not very nice. You're bigger. Don't scare them. I say that all the time to kids unsolicited, but that's like a good way to teach your child, you know, just because you're bigger doesn't mean that you need to be bossy, you know? Yep. Scaring something smaller than you is not nice. Absolutely. You can take a walk. If you have a dog, take a family walk together or offer to take a neighbor's dog for a walk. P.S. I would never let a neighbor take my dog for a walk. No. Never. I would only do it if someone was like in a bind. I Please don't ask me to walk your dog, neighbors. Oh, I've I, done I'm that. I'm the worst neighbor in the fucking world. But, but like, I don't let Beckett be walked by like anyone. No. Just, and Clementine no. is like, you know, we live in Union City, so there's always like Chinese food on the curbs. <laughs> and Clementine's always like fast diving for it, <laughs> eating it before we can pull her away. I'd be like, Clem, I got your number. I know you yeah. and General Sows. Yeah, oh my God. Chicken, you know the, the Chinese chicken, chicken wings. wing bones? Yeah, oof. Yep. Give her diarrhea, Clementine. Anyone who's lived in a city knows what it's like to walk a dog around Chinese food on the curb. The only time Beckett ever bit me was when I tried to fish a chicken bone out of his mouth. <laughs> he was like, that's mine. I found it first, bitch. I've been waiting my whole life to get my mouth on this. Leave me alone. And then he bit me and then he cried and went underneath me. I was like, you Aww. did it. You did it. He like corrected himself like before I could even yell at him. Aww. Create a zen moment. Watching fish swim back and forth in a tank has been linked to reduce stress. Watching a hamster run on its wheel or a bunny nibble a snack will also hold your child's attention and create a calming effect. Lee and I have been talking about getting goldfish. I really find fish very relaxing. I do too. I but you know what? The, I would get them. We would win them in like the Purim carnival at, at school. And um, I just didn't understand as a kid a pet you can't pet. So I would just stick my hands in the bowl and just keep petting the goldfish. I just like I I don't know. I can't. That's, that's I, one way to kill a goldfish. Yeah, let me they, tell you, they would always die within like three days and. And then I would make it a point to not do that and they would still die. So I just, I don't know. I don't fuck with fish. I love them. They're beautiful. I'm the queen of keeping a fish alive for 100 million years. I, mean, I don't know what I, I keep animals alive a long time. P.S. I killed a succulent recently. So there's that. Well, at least you haven't killed your son or your dog. Thank God. Pro tip. And then the loss of a pet as a learning experience. How parents react at this difficult time can affect the way children deal with death in general. Explain that death is a part of life and express your own grief verbally. And this will help your child cope. And I just think that this is important in general. Yes. Uh, something that I'm a really big advocate about is let your kids know you're sad or upset. I mean, don't dump on your child, obviously. No. But when you show your kids vulnerability when you show them the large scope of emotion even anger sometimes as long as it's within reason where they do not feel like they're responsible for your mood yeah and that they know it's safe yeah it shows them that one anger you can have anger and then it can go away that you don't have to stay in anger and that nothing bad happens when you're angry how to mitigate and relax from an angry situation it shows that it's okay to be sad that you don't have to hide your emotions and that kids are so intuitive 
they know that something's up. They yeah. know that you're sad or you're angry or whatever. And if you can name what it is that they can't name, then they don't have to worry about it. I remember as a kid growing up in kind of like an Irish family where you don't talk about stuff, feeling that something was wrong and not being able to name it and internalizing it. And I would have much rather, in hindsight, someone saying, this is what's going on and this is why you're probably feeling that. And it's yeah. okay. I've got you. You know, it's okay to feel this way. The first time I learned about death was my dog, Harley, who she had epilepsy. So she would just like have seizures randomly. Like, I remember she would sleep in bed with me and just I would wake up and she would be having a seizure would happen. But she died That's of scary. That. That's yeah. scary. It's very scary. It's very, as a little kid, especially because you just don't understand. But I remember she died. And um, that was kind of how I really, the first time I really had to wrap my brain around death and what it really meant. And, you know, my parents were sad and I was sad. And obviously it's not a great situation for anybody, but it was a learning experience. I think it was like six, seven years old. And it was, it was sad, but I saw my parents grieve. I saw them deal with it realistically. You know, I don't wish that on my kid, but I realized that it is a good learning opportunity regardless, you know? Oh, I just thought of my tits. What? I bought a Peloton. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good. I'm not going to get it till the end of December, but. That's good. Yeah, so get a pet. But only if you can really take care of it. Don't just, like, get one all willy-nilly. If you're not going to take care of it, then don't put it through that. If you can't offer it all your love, don't do that. If you can't be with it till the end of its or your life, yeah. then don't do it. Because animals are people, too. And I think that no matter how small-brained the animal is, you should treat it the way you would treat a sibling. Absolutely. I talk to my plants, so, yep. you know. I do, too. Even though I can't keep them alive, I try, and I talk you're to like, them. You're like, sorry, I'm going to kill you bye (laughs) like they have names and stuff you know so all right let's do hashtag swag bag hashtag swag bag you want to go first booba sure oh this was supposed to be a part of my tits but i forgot so christmas is forcing me not really forcing me but kind of forcing me to start crafting again which i've said multiple times is kind of my meditative happy place you know we had last week off i really tried to do as little work last week as possible i was like "Ah, i should catch up but i just needed it i needed the mental break and so i got to craft a little bit and i made last night i realized we don't really have a tree topper that works for our tree i found one online that i thought was pretty that I could make and so I went to Michael's and I bought a big old brick of polymer clay and made my own beads out of it which is kind of really fucking cool and I love that it did not work for a tree topper but whatever that's neither here nor there polymer clay is my hashtag swag bag pick this week I have a couple of different projects I am working on with are you it. gonna make earrings like no you can- no because they're like firstly I don't wear that kind of shit I'm just fascinated by what goes into making them like some of these chicks like their stuff is beautiful it's just not really my style but in order to make something that beautiful like I'm it's just I don't have that ability. But I have like, I'm going to make like a little tray for my nightstand. I've made all kinds of little dishes in the past. I think polymer clay is so versatile and so cool. And the making the beads that I did last night, it was so simple, but like looks so good. And I made my own beads. It's awesome. So anyway, polymer clay, I will link to it so you know what I'm talking about. But it comes in 
every fucking color. You can buy them so that they look like terracotta. You can buy them so that they look, uh, you know, it's speckly. You can marble it. it. It's just the possibilities are endless. And I am such a nerd when I talk about crafts. Do you know there's a New York polymore clay guild on the Bowery a polymer in New clay York? guild? Yeah, you can you can be a part of the guild, the guild of hmm. polymer clay workers. I, you know, I'm good. I don't, that's cool. <laughs> it's cool as shit, but um, not for me. You know what it is? I, at this point, I've tried to start businesses with my crafting. And as soon as I add any pressure to myself in crafting, it stops being fun. Yeah, once you make your hobby your business. Yeah, it's just like, it's not fun anymore. Like I, paper working is something that's like, I'm really good at and I really like. I make really great handmade cards. But as soon as I started to do it and like selling them, everyone in my life was like, can you make me a card? And it just stopped being fun. All right, my hashtag swag bag is many moons ago, my mom had a, she used it as like a bathrobe. We're like big nightgown bathrobe people because oftentimes we don't get dressed during the day when we stay in our house. I mean, me neither. She had this hot pink sweatshirt from the 70s that went to the floor that zipped and had a hood and then had like a kangaroo pocket. And it was the best thing. And she gave it to me. It was like hot pink raspberry colored. And one time when I was getting my tonsils out, uh, I accidentally left it in the hotel that I was staying at to recuperate from getting my tonsils out. And we called and it was lost. And I have mourned that thing. My mom and I still talk about that. It was like the best whoopee that ever was. It was so good. And so my mom tried to replace it with this over the head, I took a picture of it for you yesterday, Ashley, or two days ago. It's basically like a gray hoodie sweatshirt, but it goes to the floor. Right. And it has two pockets, and it's like a gown, but it's a hoodie sweatshirt. She gave it to me a couple years ago, but I lived in New York in an apartment, and all my New York apartments were always so hot. Like, I couldn't control the heat. It was just, like, always so hot. Well, now, I live in an old-ass home with radiator heat that we keep off a lot of the time. And let me tell you, this hoodie sweatshirt from Coldwater Creek, which is, like, the oldest lady. <laughs> It's coming in hot in 2020. It basically is like a thunder shirt for an adult person. It is head to toe sweatshirt material. It's got a hood. It's got pockets. You can put it over whatever kind of terrible schmata you're wearing underneath and you look like you're wearing a different terrible schmata. (laughs) And I have been just throwing that shit on and just being like, you don't need to know what's underneath. What's on top isn't much better, but it's so cozy. You sent me a picture of you in this thing and I was like, what is that? atrocity. That is my swag bag. If you want something that is so fucking cozy that it makes you feel like you're a squirrel in the hole of a tree (laughs) cuddled inside another squirrel, spooning, getting ready for a long winter, then you get your mom's Cold Water Creek catalog and you get yourself a to-the-floor hoodie. And then plan on never having sex with your husband again. (laughs) But honestly, like, why even bother? When you put the hood on, your vagina actually seals itself. (laughs) And you become hermetically sealed completely from head to toe. And your husband's penis just falls off. No one in your household has sex organs anymore. As soon as you put the hoodie on, this sound goes, it's like an airtight seal. I have that, and then I have my Ugg slippers. Hey, I you know I'm a big advocate for Ugg slippers. Haven't showered in three days, and then I put my night guard in. Oh, Woo! girl, you are doing well, aren't you? I put my Tiger Bomb on. I put my humidifier <laughs> on. I put my night guard on. 
I put my hoodie on, I seal my vagina on night night. And there you have it, folks. <laughs> this is going to become a different kind of podcast. And then you wonder why we only have one child, guys. It's called How to Never Have Sex Again, the podcast. <laughs> Mormons, the podcast. <laughs> Those fuckers are having more sex than we are. <laughs> oh my god! Both of our hashtags, swa- I'm swag bag, should have been real housewives of I know. Salt Lake we'll, City. We'll get there. We'll talk about it. Well, guys, it's been real. Thank you for bringing me out of my depression for even just an hour and a half. <laughs> <laughs> we love you. We'll see you next week. Okay, that's our show today, folks. Thank you so much for giving us a listen. Please do not forget to rate, review, and subscribe. We are out here on our own, and these things really, really matter. We want to hear from you. Tell us what you want to hear. Email us at momtouragepod at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram at momtouragepodcast to hang out with us all week long. We are here for you. You are not alone. We got you. So go ahead, girl. Know this posse is behind you, and go slay. Mom Taraj is written and produced by Ashley Heron Smith and Carrie Sotero. Recorded and mixed by Lee Mars. Our theme song, MILF, is by the band Mama Drama. You can find them on Instagram at Mama Drama Band or MamaDramaBand.com. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.